Folks, the NFL playoffs are in full swing, unfortunately for us, but the less said about that, the better. NBA season's full swing. The NHL, as you know, is going strong at the midseason. Brucey's ready to go, and Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Quigs, uh, you know, as I said in our... I guess our ad read for this week, the less said about the birds playoff loss, the better, but you know, devastating end to the season folks. You, you've already you said too dep- much. I've said too much, but folks, if you're depressed about the Philadelphia Eagles, may I suggest rebounding with the red hot Philadelphia flyers? They are quite hot, Steve. And uh, let me tell you, uh, you know what? Or would they be burned orange hot? I think they would be burnt orange hot right now. Cause yeah, that's very in second hot. place. Yeah. Like red hot. I feel like, I feel like if it's, there might, if you're a science nerd and you're listening to this, you might actually be able to answer this question. If, if, if there's like red embers, is that hotter than light? Like, like a burnt orange ember. I have no mm. idea. I have no clue what, I no how that all works. I know the blue flame's very hot. Blue flame. I know is extremely hot. Um, yeah. I don't know the green flame. I don't even know if that's, natural though i i feel like that's mm. kind of uh manufactured by us somehow so. which which is work right there in my opinion oh yes big time big time which is work yeah. yes we all so. know that it's, it is a fact right there it was as devastating as that was it was almost well it still could be worse because jason kelsey may or may not be retiring and i know this is a hockey podcast but jason kelsey is a lover of the ice sport he used to play hockey. He has worn a Flyers jersey under his Eagles jersey at practice. He's shown up a Flyers game in his 62 Kelsey jersey. The man loves hockey. So it's extremely relevant today. And he's a Philadelphia legend. Okay, Jason Kelsey is an all-time Philadelphia athlete. He is maybe the personification of Philadelphia on the field. And he he said it might not be time. You know, there were reports that this was it. He was retiring, but he said it might not be time. Regardless of what happens, we love Jason Kelsey, and I think he might be on the Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia athletes. I think he has to be up there. He's such a good eagle that he's also a flyer. <laughs> like that's, right, that's right. so good an eagle. Like he's like, he would be like if he played for the Flyers, he would be like a top three flyer ever, possibly. So like, um, yeah, Jason Who's got Kelsey four for four in making iconic appearances at all of the games like he has, because like he's shown up at a Phillies playoff game and chugged a beer on the field. He's shown up at the Flyers game. He sang the anthem at the Sixers game as part of a lost bet. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Like, let's see. Did, uh, who has gone to like, what other Philadelphia athletes have gone to Flyers games? Um, uh, well, oh, Bryce Harper. Yeah. Bryce Harper definitely has. 
Bryce Harper definitely. Bryce Harper is Mr. Pander, you know, and I say that with all love in my heart because Bryce Harper knows exactly how to pander to us. And, I, you know, there, there's been a number of them gone, but who, who's made iconic appearance? I can't think of anybody else who's done just iconic things at every sporting event. So I can't say anything about like iconic things for every sporting event, but just to kind of add on to Harper here, he actually recently went to a Flyers road game, which I thought was kind of cool. And that's wild because when he was in Washington, he was a known Vegas Knights supporter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if uh, he was told, like, yo, Philly's a different beast. You got to, like, root for all the teams there. For oh, to be blamed, he but. knew. He's been doing this from day one. Yeah. And nobody has ever pandered like Bryce Harper. He has worn Philly yeah. stuff at every opportunity. He wears bird stuff all the time old school Philly stuff, six or stuff like he's into it and oh. I love him for it. But man, I just think there's only one Jason Kelsey, man. Like he is just the friggin' best. And if it is truly the end of the road for Jason Kelsey, and it's not the end of the road of Philadelphia because no, that man's going to be coming here forever because yeah. he'll never have to buy a beer in this. town. He owns the city. Like he is literally, he might as well be the mayor of Philadelphia. I mean, the way he dressed for the Super Bowl parade, he's essentially the mayor. Right. I mean, by law, he is the mayor. That's the, the most famous like, speech in Philadelphia history. It's, it's, just, it's Honestly. right there. It's Jason Kelsey and then it's Chase Utley's world fucking champions. The two most famous speeches in Philadelphia history. Name more. So Philadelphia is the birthplace of the United States. Name one uh-huh. speech. Other than Chase Utley and Jason Kelsey. And, like, we've had some very infamous things here. And, like, what what's up there? Jim Kenny saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Jim, no. The mayor of Philadelphia giving a, a Tim Robinson, I think you can leave. Like, I don't want to be around anymore kind of speech on the 4th of July when somebody got shot. Like, that's the only other stuff I can think Damn, of. Damn, that's dark. Oh, man. What? It is a, it's a dark town. It's yeah. a dark town, Philly. Oh, you know? yeah, it's, clearly. Yes, it's, listen, I love it. And I, I'm, I'm not going to say I hate it, but it, it is, it's got a very, very dark past right here and it continues to be dark, but Hey, regardless thing is Jason Kelsey, true legend, no matter what. And if it is happy trails partner, you are the man, please come on our podcast and talk. No, he's too big time for us in the podcast world. Cause he's got the number one sports podcast in the world. I do wonder if there are famous people that listen to fly purpley. <laughs> like who well i'm so serious like do you think like i wonder who if there are any i think we've talked about this before like i wonder if any of the flyers listen to this if any of the flyers listen i'm so so sorry i'm not sorry. but also thank you sorry not sorry i'm not sorry at all like <laughs> this is a, the best podcast in the world so oh easily they should easily. be listening to this yeah 100 percent I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who, like, who knows? Like, maybe we have, like, some sort of secret famous person who's listening. And, you know, I don't know. I, I think that'd be cool. But, like, there, there I'm David sure Burke. there's some, there is some closeted flype, 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 flypaniacs. flypaniacs out there. Yeah. And so, um, I know they're there. They're out there. They're listening. You don't have to be in the closet. No, you, you just come on out. Come on out. Yeah. Yeah. As supporters of our friend the rat. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah. Please do. Please do. Please make it known and tell your friends to subscribe to the new feed. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, get on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating, would you? Five-star rating. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Three Men in a Podcast, whatever the hell you're listening on. You give us a five-star rating and you say, 
Wow. wow. Oh, wow. Um, just so you know, I, I so I didn't know this until recently. I have to actually give a shout out to uh, the dudes at the What Chaos Pod uh, for the All City Network. I think they that, that's solid pod. It's a new pod. It's been a lot of fun to listen to. Um, gave them a little rating on Spotify and uh, didn't realize that if you're giving someone a rating, you have to do it on your phone. So really, is, yeah, which is great. So if you're listening to this right now, whip it out your your phone that Ooh. is. And uh, and give us a five star rating, yeah. Give us a five star rating in the old Spotify and or whatever it is, yeah. We whatever deserve it, it. We give you lots of ear candy. Surely you appreciate Casting it. Casting Canyon, yeah. So give us a five star yeah. rating, would you? Pod trough, you know, all those great ones. Yeah, that's right. Hey, you're mentioning new podcasts, okay? You're mentioning new podcasts, and we actually have some exciting news. We have a new addition to our BSH podcast feed, and I'm really excited about this. We are welcoming aboard the Fly Guys podcast, and I believe they'll be starting next week. Uh, Justin Goodhart and Cameron Klein talked to these guys last week. I am so excited to bring them aboard and get some new takes on this pod network. You know, it's been a while, been a while since we've had, well, I guess, you know, Hosers joined us as well, obviously. So uh, Thomas is with us and Thomas rules. We love Thomas. But, you know, we want to get some more voices in here. We want to get some different takes on the Flyers in here. And I really like Justin and Cameron. I think they're going to be great additions uh, to the group. So be sure to listen to the Fly Guys podcast uh, when it appears on the feed. Yeah, I'm really pumped to have them join the feed, um, listen to some of their Fly Guys podcasts, and it was awesome. Um, really enjoy the content they've been putting out, and just really good dudes from everything I've I've seen, you know, encounters on. And this, they're already in the Slack chat. I believe they've already checked the pinned messages in Slack, which is great. Don't check the pins. Uh, definitely check the pins. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it seems, it, it, I mean, just two great additions, and I'm glad we have the Fly Guys pod. Joining us on the Broad Street Hockey Podcast feed, so yeah, we're welcoming we're welcoming them with open arms, and we're really pumped to see uh, what they can pump out here. With open arms or with arms wide open? Oh, Steve, don't make me break out in song now. With arms wide open, with arms wide open, Marlins will soar. Uh, I was what's what's the uh, Marlins will soar? What's the uh, yeah, I'm forgetting it, but whatever. Marlins will soar. Great. A double play. A stolen base. Okay. All right. We've already gone off the rails. It's time to... Uh... Come on, <laughs> Flyers, make us yeah. proud. Yeah, that's right. Oh, dude. A four-game winning streak for your orange and black. Oh, boy, Steve. So Four-game winning streak, baby. Four-game winning streak for the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. It's... It's funny because, like, we talked all Cutter Gautier and Jamie Drysdale last week for good reason, but we didn't really talk about the performance of the team, and we kind of had a, a bummer couple of games going into that. So I'm really happy to say things have turned around recently, starting with a really gutsy, but not gutsy, they really kind of should have blown Montreal away in that game, but they had to take it to the shootout, but guess what? They came away with two points, three to two shootout win. The Flyers outshot Montreal 39 to 19 in that game. Just ridiculous. That the Flyers didn't put up like double digit goals. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- I mean, that was a crazy, that was a dominant. They should like the score was three to two. They should have won that game. Like five, one, 
Like both of the both of the Canadians' goals were extremely fluky, and they were very very lucky bounces for them. Um, it, honestly, like in in my eyes, that was another Sam Erson shutout because the two goals he allowed were uh, were they should not. In most games, that does not happen. So uh, he stopped every actual shot that was sent his way, and uh, so yeah, good for him. Um, but yeah, three two win for the Flyers in Mo- or against Montreal. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, hey, a win's a win at the end of the day. And you can also say that about this game against the Minnesota Wild, a 4-3 to three overtime win over the Wild. And that was one the the Flyers, you know, tough road win right there. Had to go to OT. Farabee had the overtime winner. Biggest thing for me, and two goals for the Bees in that game. Oh, God, not the Bees. Not the Bees. Very happy to see that. The Bees seems to be turning it on lately. Love to see that from him. But big thing for me. Marc-Andre Fleury had a chance to pass Patrick Waugh on the all-time wins list, and he was denied because you're Philadelphia Flyers. And I am very happy about that. And that's not because I have anything against Marc-Andre Fleury, even though I have derisively said the name nickname Flower in the past. I actually really turned the book on Marc-Andre Fleury. I really enjoy him. I think he's a great presence in the game. Respect the hell out of him now. But- he's excellent. Like the problem he's is he also one of the he's also one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. So he's just got a smile that lights up the room. You he know, knows. you can't deny that he's a nice guy. I like Mark Andre Fleury now, but for a long time, Mark Andre Fleury was a Pittsburgh Penguin, and a lot of those wins came over the Flyers. So, you know, I like him, but also fuck him. Yeah, no, I mean natural, natural response. <laughs> I'm. I'm very happy that win did not come over the Flyers because if you had asked me before the season, all right, what game is Marc-Andre Fleury going to surpass Patrick? I would have said 100% the Flyers. I cleaned up a couple years ago when I put money down on Crosby uh, scoring one of his like record-breaking goals against the Flyers. Oh, Because I, I, mean, I knew that was coming. I forget yeah. which one it was, but it, or it was like a milestone goal. And he ended up getting it. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. I, he as does. soon as I saw that as a bet option, I'm like, done. It's happening. Yeah, it's what not even a question. Like whenever not Crosby plays against the Flyers, chances are he's breaking some sort of record that night. Just coincidentally, that night, and he's gonna he's gonna score. He's gonna break it every goddamn time. It's, every goddamn time. It's obnoxious. He's doing it it, it's it's a plan of his. <laughs> he oh, like yeah. he plans to score like all right, one of the Flyers game, when's the Flyers coming? Okay, I'm going to start scoring now so I can get in position. Crosby's entire career has just been a giant middle finger to the city of Philadelphia. It, it really has. And uh I wish there was something that anyone could say or do about it to change it. But <laughs> There's no, nothing. All the damage has been done. Yeah, the damage is done and all I mean, all of Philadelphia can just kind of sit there and just be sad about it, which sucks. It's not even like they can win a cup over Crosby directly. They they literally cannot because he's never not going to be a penguin and they play in the same conference. It's just not gonna happen. The only thing that would make it kind of okay is if they met like deep in the playoffs or something, or like, you know, and they had some sort of, uh, you know, Flyers eliminated them. But even still, if the Flyers and Penguins were to meet up in the playoffs and the Flyers eliminate the Penguins, they have to do that, like, several more times in order to, like, even out the, the playing field. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's just ain't happening. And the thing is also with this current kooky playoff format, they'd probably meet in the first two rounds anyway. Yes, so I was I, I, just as I was saying that I re- I recognized in my mind like, oh, yeah, they would probably never that would never happen because it would right. meet very early on. Honestly, I think that's tragic. I think that's tragic. I, I think the playoff format is just so piss poor in the NHL, but that's the NHL for you. Well, you know what? We're going to have to get used to this playoff format because the Flyers are going to be going to the playoffs every year for a long time starting now. I'm not ready. I want to believe. The Fox Mulder in me wants to believe, but I'm not ready to believe yet, okay? Despite the fact that you're hearing this on the Believe Network, I am not a believer just yet. I want to. I feel pretty good, but I'm not ready to believe. I'm not ready to be hurt again, folks. I'm keeping the shields up, but I am optimistic at this moment. I, I feel pretty good. And again, this four-game winning streak is a big part of that. So on top of that, so those wins over Montreal and Minnesota, they're nice, right? But then they played the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg. And the Jets are shockingly one of the best teams in the NHL this season. They have been just, they've had a fantastic season. Seem like just a classic Flyers loss right there. Flyers got a 2-0 shutout in that game. That was an incredible performance. And that was a game the Flyers were set up to lose because it was the second game of back to back. Like, those games are always hard to win. The back to back. Oh, road back to back. Yeah. Like, going from Minnesota to Winnipeg to. There's no Mary- airport there either. Not a single airport in Winnipeg. Not many people know that. Um, and so, like, going from, you know, in these frigid temperatures, like, listen, I know they're playing inside, but, like, you know, getting going to the airport and getting out and traveling around in this weather sucks. Like no one wants to do it. It's like, I have a hard time walking 15 feet to my car. Um, when I leave my building in the morning to go to work. So like, yeah, I mean, you saw how gas they were in Seattle on the back end of that back to back. They had on the road back on the Disney on ice trip. You know, it, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to travel. Like right. nobody likes doing it. And, then having to play one of the best teams in the NHL on their home ice, that's rough, man. And to come away with a 2 nothing shutout, Jamie Drysdale was not available in that game because he had an illness. Uh, there was somebody else who was not available for that game also, I thought. Sean Couturier literally did not play against the yeah. top record team in the NHL. And the Flyers ended up getting a 2-0 win. So Do turns- the Flyers even have centers without Sean Couturier? Yeah, Who's that's a great question. Um, now, I, I do want to say, like... This game, like, the Jets were not at, like, their peak performance. Like, they did not have Mark Scheifele. They did not have Kyle Connor. But they did have Connor Hellebuck, who's real damn good. Um, And, I mean, they still have very, very good players. I mean, you got, uh, you know, Josh Morrissey. You got uh, Neil Pionk, Alex Iafalo, um, Gabe Velarde. um, uh, Lowry is really good. Like, Ehlers is the man. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers is one of my favorite players in the NHL. So, uh, but like, listen, I, that was not an easy game to win, especially as you know the second leg of a back-to-back. They went out and Sam Erson, man, like he's unreal. We uh, we really need to. Okay, I, I tweeted this after that game. That was his third shutout of the season. We really need to start talking about Carter Hart and Sam Erson here because. I'm not I'm not denying that having two good goalies is great. It's it's amazing. Like you want to have two good goalies. That's the whole I mean, you want to have Especially the Especially in Philadelphia where yeah. you're lucky to have one half good goalie. Exactly. 
So having two good goalies, like having one good goalie for the Flyers would be like unthinkable. And the fact that they have two right now is is simply, it's almost a mythical concept. But at some point, as nice as it is having two good ones, at some point you got to pick one. And that point is coming this summer when Carter Hart becomes a restricted free agent. So you, the Flyers, whether they like it or not, they have a decision to make here. Like, are they going to re-op Carter Hart? And if so, are they going to be willing to give him a significant pay raise? Because that's what he's going to want. He has very, very clearly uh, proven that he's worth a very large pay raise. Um, so they have to figure out if they are willing to give him that money, that pay raise. And they need to figure out... Should we just move on with Arison, who's significantly cheaper and he's younger? Um, there's a this is going to be a really big. It's going to be an interesting off season here because Arison is under contract for two more years after this season at a one point four five million dollar cap hit. That is nothing, and for the way he's been playing, that is quite a deal. Let me tell you, Steve Carter Hart. Well, and yeah, go ahead. I was going to say with Carter Hart, you also have. You know, some potential baggage, but you also have a lot of yes. clout. You yeah. have a lot of hype behind that name. Like, even pushing aside whatever might be floating out in the ether about him, and there's stuff to say, but I'm not going to say it. I, I was, yeah. The, the thing is, he is a name. He is a guy who is a name, and he's been a name since day one in Philadelphia. He's 100% got hype around him. He's got clout. And... Sam Erson is a guy, the son of heirs, as I like to call him. He's come out of nowhere, basically. And, you know, he could be just a much cheaper option, especially for a team that's looking to build and conserve cap space over the next few years. And, man, there are some fascinating questions on how this team should approach the trade deadline right now. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the Hockey Canada thing, because, like, that obviously is one major major thing to be keeping in mind when it comes to Carter Hart's future with the Flyers and whether they will even be able to trade him or anything like that I I don't know how like there's still no no one has any idea when or even if those details of that investigation are going to come out and if Hart was involved um so I don't know but let's pretend where we stand right now we continue to know nothing years into the future about that whole investigation. That's kind of my assumption, to be honest. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. The flyers have to decide like Carter Hart, Sam Harrison. And right now it's hard to say that they should take Hart over Harrison because Harrison is younger. He's cheaper. And he, frankly, he's playing better. And that's not to say that Carter Hart is playing poorly because he's not, he's playing outstanding Hart's got good numbers this year. He's playing outstanding hockey. He's been very, very good. And Hart is the undisputed starter right now. You know, we're, we're talking about Erson putting up great numbers in the stretches he's had, but Hart is definitively the starter on this team. And it's not even a question. Uh, it's just a matter of, do you make a decision to roll the dice with Erson moving forward based on what you've seen this year? And don't get me wrong. He's been reliable as hell. Like for Sam Erson to come in and, you know, Brian Elliott was pretty solid for what he was when he was here as the backup. But like, I feel like this is the best. And the thing is, Brian Elliott was more of a starter than a backup. I don't even know what I'm talking about with him as a backup. He started most of the time, but Samers, this feels like the best goaltending one, two punch that this team has had in many, many years. 
Possibly, I, well, no, I was going to say possibly ever, but that would be a little too quick on the trigger. There, I, I don't know if there were uh, to put I, them in that category. Know. But like, I mean, listen, you look at Carter Hart's numbers right now, and they're very, they're good. You got a two point six seven GAA. You got a point nine one two save percentage. He's got a shutout. That's great. It's very good. Sam Harrison, since November third, has a point. 931 save percentage, a 1.87 goals against average, three shutouts, and an 11 3 and 2 record. That's nuts. That is crazy. If that continues over a full season, which there's no way it would, because like the, <laughs> those numbers are so hard to like, like consistently hit over the course of a full year. But if he did, those are Vesna numbers, like incredible numbers that you don't see very often. Um, so right, yeah, right now, Sam Harrison absolutely is playing better than Carter Hart. Does he have the ability to continue playing at this level for the long haul for an entire season? I don't know. Probably not because it's really hard to do that. But how close to this level is he able to play consistently? That's the question. And I think the, the Flyers have a huge decision. Like we've been, we've just, we're, we've been talking about it. Like this is going to be a huge summer for their goalie net or to, to figure out the, their situation in the net. Um, I don't know what they're going to do because I mean, no matter who they pick Hart or Arison, it's going to feel like they made the wrong choice. Like people are going to be unhappy because it's just like, Oh, I can't believe they let Hart go. Like he's still young too. And like, he's been a solid number one for years now. And then if they let Arison, you know, if they keep Hart and Arison continues being the backup, people think Arison should be the number one. And it's, it's just going to be this whole back and forth. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic happening right now with the whole goalie conversation. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I just don't know what the the answer is here, but I've kind of been in favor as far as the rebuild goes uh, of seeing what you can get for Carter Hart and if you can get a huge package for him. And for I did, the difficult thing is this team is just doing so well. If this yeah. team was doing shitty... I don't think we would have a lot of difficult questions right now. Like, uh, yeah, just either trade, you know, for a huge package for Carter Hart, trade him to Edmonton or Toronto or something, or, um, you know, like trade Sean Walker, no doubt about it. Trade everybody, right? Who cares? Because they suck. But they don't suck. They're in second place in the Metro right now. And is that still the case? I don't know how many games are going on tonight that I can... uh see if that's changing but i believe here we go i got it pulled up uh the devils the, lost to the canadians <laughs> viva la montreal they they did it's very funny that's the flyers, amazing i love that the flyers are still in second place in the metropolitan division right now they're only four points behind the new york rangers that's wild that's wild to me the flyers are sitting they have 54 points in 44 games uh the rangers have 58 points in 43 games the hurricanes have 53 points in 43 games and uh, the Penguins have 48 points in 42 games. So, and then Penguins you know, are the picking it up 48 points. Bit. The Islanders 48, the Devils 47. The Penguins are picking it up, but the Flyers actually have some breathing room for the first time in a, a few weeks right now. And that's cool to see. But the thing is, like, this team is actually in good shape. We just hit the midpoint of the season. Like, listen, I don't want to get too optimistic, but a lot of the data projections have them making the playoffs at this point. It's, it's looking pretty good. And as they come in, I mean, what are we about 
uh, God, the trade deadline's been pushed back to like March at this point. So we have still like, usually around this point, it would be like, okay, we have about a month until the trade deadline. Is it time to start thinking about the big decisions? But they have over a month until the trade deadline, like a month and a half. So you have to start thinking about that stuff, but you have a little bit more time to, you know, kind of mull it over and everything. But Carter Hart's a big question, man. He is a big, big question. And I I feel like it's hard to send a message to the fan base. I don't know, man. It's, it's really tough. Like, do you send the message that, okay, we're really not ready. Like, it looks better than it actually is. Yeah. So you trade Carter Hart? Or is that just saying, like, F you to the fan base and the team that's worked so hard to get to this point? by trading your number one goaltender. And that's kind of the tricky situation that the Flyers are in right now for, I mean, not even just for the Carter Hart situation, but the, the entire trade deadline. I mean, trade deadlines coming up, like, and we're hearing all these talks about Nick Sealer, like they might re up Nick Sealer for a couple more years. And it's just like, listen, the Flyers have said all along this, ever since Danny Breer became the full-time general manager, we are rebuilding. And he has said, we are not deviating from that plan. We are sticking to it. And I believe Jonesy has also said the same thing. Keith Jones, uh, president of hockey operations. And it, we know Jonesy is my friend. Yeah, I know, I know. Some people are stupid though. So who knows? But everybody knows who Jonesy is. Damn it. But like, they're saying the right things. Like we are sticking to our plan. We are rebuilding. I mean, John Tortorella has said it. He's even said a million times, like, yeah, we're going to start losing here soon. And like, <laughs> it's just not really happening so far. So like, I truly wonder if the Flyers, if Flyers management foresaw the team being this good. Like, I know that like the players at the beginning of the season or before the season started, they were like, yeah, I think we have a chance to be pretty good. I think people are counting, counting us out. And so far they've turned out to be right. People had been counting out the Flyers, and they have been a lot better than people thought. But I wonder if Danny Briere, Keith Jones, like the other, the Flyers brass, like I wonder if they were expecting them to be this good. And now that they are this good, are they actually going to move forward with this rebuild? Like I, I feel like they – listen, if, it's, if I was the one calling the shots, which I'm not, I would make sure to stick to the plan and like Sean Walker – You've been great for us. See ya. We need a first round pick. Um, Nick Sealer. I don't know if they're going to first, but first, second, it, it could be a first. I'll take that. I would take, I would take a high second for Yeah. Him. Yeah. It could be a first. Listen, I mean, there are some bad, there are some stupid GMs who do stupid things. And I mean, need I mention Chuck Fletcher? So um, <laughs> the Philadelphia Flyer, like they're in a solid position right now to be, you know, selling some players at the trade deadline and getting some serious assets back. But the problem is, is they're not going to want to just sell everybody off because they're still competing. They're still in the running for a playoff spot. They're in the running for the top spot in the in the Metro, for God's sake. Yeah, I don't want to admit it, but only four points out. And, I mean, they've only got one. Rangers only have one game in hand over the Flyers. Like, you know, we are at the point where you have to start taking them seriously. Like, yes. I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills by even entertaining this thought. But, like, you do. You just do. You have to entertain this thought. And they really are making this a difficult conversation. And 
So here's the thing where I come down with the defenseman. I, I'm not too bothered by retaining Sealer and not trading Sealer because mm-hmm. I don't think Sealer brings you back a tremendous return. And, and he's I think not going to cost Sealer, a lot of money. He's not going to cost a lot of money. And I also think Sealer is a guy who's very comfortable sitting in the press box some nights yeah. and playing other nights, like being that 7D. Like, I think he's fine in that position. Um, the guys I really want to trade, like Mark Stahl, whatever you're going to do to get him out of here. And I don't even think he has great value at this point because he, he looks pretty cooked no, out there. Yeah. I would trade Mark Stahl for anything, anything at all. Um, but Sean Walker is the difficult conversation here because Sean Walker has been friggin' awesome for this team and Drysdale makes Walker expendable, but it also makes it really friggin' tempting to keep him around and have a rock solid defense exactly. because we looked at this defense coming into the season. We said, that is hot garbage. This defense is atrocious. And the defense has actually been pretty good. And looking at these pairings, when Drysdale's in the lineup, you've got Sanheim and Drysdale. That's awesome. That's actually a really good top pairing. Yes. And then you've got Cam York and Sean Walker. That's a, that's a solid second pairing right there. And then you can have Risto on the third pairing as an overpriced third pairing guy. But you know what? When he's he's playing, been good. That's fine. He's been okay. He's been solid this year. So it's shocking to say, but Torts works some magic with him. And, and Bradshaw. 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 Shout, shout out Bradshaw. Bradshaw rules. I love Bradshaw. I will overpay him as assistant just to keep him around. Or if Torts wants to step on up and become the assistant GM or whatever, that's fine. Let Bradshaw take over. I have a lot of faith in Bradshaw. In my opinion, we should just simply get Bradshaw back on the podcast and share with us his secrets of fixing Rasmus Ristolainen. The secret sauce. The secret sauce. Bradshaw's secret sauce. That's my new podcast right there. There you, there you go. Yeah. But yes, continue. No, but like Walker, it, it's very tempting to retain that. And I, I wish there was more of a chance of like trading Ristolainen in his contract or something like that. But and the difficult thing with Walker is if he was a younger guy and playing like this, I think that you'd be less tempted to even entertaining th- the thought of trading him and retaining right, yeah. him long term. But he's 29. he's 29, right? So he's 29. He's somebody that if you sign him for two, three years, I think that's perfectly fine. But this is a good opportunity to flip an asset at the deadline and make some great draft capital. And it's tough though, man. Cause if you go into the playoffs with a rock solid defense like that, Oh, so the other thing is like, they actually almost have a wealth of defensemen at this point. Cause Zamula started to come into his own a little bit more and he's been really good in the power play lately. He's been like, <laughs> I joked around. Like I was, uh, I was doing the, um, uh, you know, just live tweeting some games and like, Ever since he took over the power play, man, I think I said something like, is Igor Samula the solution to the power play? Like, it's just weird. Like, why is he, of all people, like, all of a sudden making the power play go? And, like, honestly, it's not Zamula. I think this is just luck catching up with the Flyers' power play. I think they're finally just, like, getting some lucky bounces and converting on them. But, like, he has not looked like he doesn't belong on the power play. Like he looks like he's, he can get pretty comfortable there. So I, I think, I think he's, he's kind of earned himself a, a long, long look as the uh, power play quarterback on whatever unit he's on. But 
but all of a sudden you've got a lot of names and a lot of mouths to feed on defense right now. And what do you do, man? It's, it's tough. I get the, the obvious answer is trade Sean Walker. And it's a shame because Sean Walker is not cutter. William Gauthier over here. He's a guy who, who enjoys his experience with the flyers. He wants to be here, but it, it, it sucks but I think the obvious solution is to trade Sean Walker. Yeah. Someone has, they're trading a defenseman that, that must happen because like, I would love if it's Risto. They have a, not even kidding. Yeah. They have a surplus of defensemen right now. Like by acquiring Jamie Drysdale, they officially have a surplus. Someone has to go um, because they cannot be this trend of them dressing seven defensemen every night. Like it's not, I don't think that's a great long-term uh, kind of, it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not a great long-term solution here. So, um, someone should be moved more than likely. It'll be Sean Walker. Rasmus Ristolainen could very well be moved. The only thing making me question if they would move on from Rasmus Ristolainen is we all watched flyers broadcasts over the last several years. We all, hello, Jonesy. we all know exactly how Keith Jones feels about Rasmus Ristolainen. I think they're keeping Rasmus Ristolainen. Like, unless they got some sort of crazy return, which, like, again, dumb GMs out there. They're out there. They would do. They would give up unbelievable assets to get Rasmus Ristolainen because we can't wait to see playoff Risto. Like, <sighs> who knows what the Flyers could get for him from a dumb GM who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's going to be... It feels like it comes down to Walker and Risto. Could someone else be, you know, out there that we don't know about? Potentially. But I think to me it comes down to Walker, Risto. Maybe they can get something for Mark Stahl, but I don't think so. So, And who knows? Maybe I'd they take do. take a bag of pucks. Maybe they could trade Nick Sealer. Like, I know there's reports that they're thinking of re-upping him. Could that perhaps be negotiating a tactic? Could that perhaps be them saying like, oh, we could trade him to you, but I don't know. We kind of like him a lot. We might sign him for four years. Like, or I, I think, years, I think Sealer's your best surplus guy. You know, I, I think he, I like Nick. I'm, I, I'm very comfortable with Sealer for like a two, three year contract, just because I really do think he is a good surplus defenseman. He's a good press box guy and he's a good fill in when you need him to. And you need guys like that. You really do like cheap guys who can just be there, be positive influences throw a few punches when they come in, you know, like I think Sealer's a good guy to have around, but if they trade him, I'm not going to shed any tears. Cause I also think he's a, a fine tradable asset, you know? Um, it's tough though, man. Cause like you do want to say like, but what if we had it all? <laughs> what if right. we had it all yeah. and made a playoff run this <laughs> year? And I, I don't like, I want to remain practical and I want to say, no, 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 this team is overplaying. They're not that good. They can, they need to rebuild, but they're also in second place in the division. They've beaten some damn good teams. They've they're, they're a cohesive team. I don't know. I, I, the problem, I don't know what this team is. Like, are they the buyers? You know, I don't think they're buyers, but like, I, you gotta be at least a little tempted if you're Danny Briere. The problem right now that I'm facing is yes. Right. The team is very good. At this point, we can kind of just say that without feeling silly. Like, this is a good hockey team. Like, a very, very good hockey I don't think you put up – I don't think you end up in second place at midseason by accident. No. 
Like th- this is a really, really good hockey team. They're they're going to the playoffs. I'm willing to say that now. I think they're going to the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're going to have some sort of like second half of the season collapse like the Eagles did. Um, I think. Oh, don't don't say that I because I also thought there was no way in hell the Phillies would blow a lead against the Diamondbacks, and here we are. So yeah. I, I'm through being overconfident in anything Philly sports this year. Okay, I've, I've done enough in this calendar year. I'm, it's not happening again. Here's the thing, though. This team, let, let's assume they go to the playoffs. They're not winning the Stanley Cup. They do not have the talent to win the Stanley Cup. Not even close. They don't have like a, you know, they what don't have the 2019 blues. Right. That I understand. But <laughs> how often does that happen? Like, I don't honestly, know. How often does a team without any like true, like juggernaut players, they had Vladimir Tarasenko. The Flyers don't have anyone. I mean, the only player who might be as good as prime Vladimir Tarasenko. Petrangelo was, in fact, the captain of that team. So they had two very high-end players. Fucking stud. Okay, so he got me there. And and say what you will about Jordan Binnington, but he was great that run. He was outstanding. So like the only players that the Flyers have currently that kind of stand up to that, like Travis Konechny, of course. He's to me, I think he's still the. I think he's the best player on the team right now. Some people could argue that Sean Couturier immediately has returned from the back problems and he's returned to being back to the top player on the team. I'm back, like, baby. Back in the New York groove, Philly groove. But like... I'm thinking I'm back. They don't have the kind of talent that wins Stanley Cups. And like, listen, if I end up being wrong, that would be sick. I would not yeah. be mad about that. That would be a lot of fun if the Flyers turned around and they just went ahead and said, no, fuck you. We're going to win the cup anyway with what we have right here. That would be incredible. And this team would go down. Everyone would be kissing every member of this team's feet. Um, they would own the city if they ended up doing going on a run like that. But I hate to tell you, that's not going to happen. It very likely will not happen, not with this lack of high-end skill and high-end talent. So, like, let's be honest. If the Flyers do make the playoffs, they might win a series. Like, maybe. And that's it. And then they're done. And then what happens from there? Like, the best option is to get assets when you can. Yeah, but... I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm just, now I'm going down the devil's advocate road because the practical side of me acknowledges everything you said is fact, right? But now I want to play devil's advocate because I've decided I want to be. And uh, <laughs> you got a great ass. That's not even from the devil's advocate. Why am I doing that Pacino quote? <laughs> but uh, it sounds like it's from the devil's advocate, but it's actually from Heat. Who would have thought? But oh, wow. to play devil's advocate here, you know, sometimes what you need is a hot goalie. And you got two guys who are capable of it in there in Hart and Urson and Travis Sanheim's been playing, maybe not quite a number one defenseman, pretty close. Jamie Drysdale's got a huge upside. Uh, Sean Couturier is a shutdown center on his best day, which is pretty damn nice. And Travis Konechny is a pretty darn nice offensive force. Joel Farabee's got a high ceiling for offense. Like you got some weapons. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you get a hot goalie. You could go on a run sometimes. Now, all this to be said, I wouldn't buy anybody. Uh, I think the bigger question is not whether to buy, because I don't think they will buy. But do you sell Sean Walker or do you lock him up for a couple of years? You, again, should sell him. But 
I would be tempted to keep around if I'm Danny Briere, just because he's been so good, uh, both from just a hockey standpoint, but also from the team standpoint. It's a tight locker room right now. These guys really know and like and trust each other. And I, it's it's made me happy watching all that. Would you rather have this year's Philadelphia Flyers or last year's Florida Panthers? Well, obviously, last year's Florida Panthers went to the Cup, so yeah. And do you think... But you that... have to trade a Jonathan Huberdeau for, for a Kachuk. And did the Panthers look like they were even playing the same sport as the Vegas Golden Knights? Sure, but we've also seen the Montreal Canadiens make a cup run with a bunch of fucking nobodies. Did they win the cup? No, but neither did the Panthers. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Those two, that last year's Panthers team, I don't think it's much of an argument, is better than this year's Flyers team, and they could not win the cup. But I don't know if I buy that argument because, like, like it's I, I'm not saying that this year's Flyers team is the end all be all. Far be it from that. But like, I, I'm just saying there's always a chance you could go on a run, like. There you is got to get in, baby. There is, but the run ends at some point. You never know. Yeah. I'm just playing devil's <laughs> advocate. I'm t- t- you're getting this frustrated, Chuck, but I'm playing. This is Chuck Fletcher speak. This is Chuck Fletcher speak right here. This is no, the no, type no, no, of no, thing no, no, he would no. This is not people. Chuck Fletcher. He would say, I like this team. That's what he'd say. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but you're acting like I'm saying like this team is ready now. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there is a chance they could go on a run. And I just like Sean Walker as a player and he'd be a positive influence for a couple years. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying do not trade Sean Walker. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with trading Sean Walker. I'm just saying I would be tempted to keep him around and not trade him because he's been good. That's all. That's literally all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. 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 My only issue is like you do that and then you risk losing him for nothing in free agency. And I mean, well, I'm talking about if you don't trade him, you sign him for like oh, a resign your contract. I mean, yeah, but at 29, which is not, old, it's not the worst thing is what I'm trying to say. No, 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 a no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contract at 29, 30, 31 is not really a bad idea. If you think you could be competitive for the next couple of years earlier than expected. Um, I guess it really depends on like where you think the timetable is and what you think of the guys coming up on the defense. Like how soon do you see like Oliver Bonk needing NHL time for instance? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and who, who else is in the pipeline defensively? Cause I think that's your big question with Sean Walker. Who's in the pipeline defensively that you need to make room for? Because that's the biggest problem right now is the log jam. And Risto is here for three more years after this at 5.1 mil. So the odds of moving Risto between the Jonesy factor and just the contract are not great. So who do we need to make room for? Who, who are the big names that we have to keep on our radar coming up in the next like two, three years? I mean, immediately you think of Emil Andre. Andre is going to be a candidate. Do you see Andre as a big member of the Flyers over the next couple of years? Because I, I know there's been a lot of different opinions on Andre. In a few years, I think he's a major part of the Flyers. Oh, wow. I really I, I'm high on Andre. I think I'm higher on Andre than a lot of people are. Um, he like we saw that he struggled a bit in his first like kind of hint of NHL action to start the year. 
But that was to be expected. Like he was like held. He's like 20 years old, maybe 21. Like he is a child and it's really, really hard for young defensemen to, you know, kind of get their footing in the NHL. So like, it's kind of expected that you're going to struggle your first few goes as an NHL defenseman. So I'm not too worried about that. And he's been playing well in the AHL. So, um, yeah, I'm not really concerned about him. I think he'll be a very, very useful player for the Flyers in the not-too-distant future. It might be a couple of years, but he'll be here soon. Um, Oliver Bonk, of course, like I think it'll take him a couple of years as well, but he'll be here in a couple of years. He's looked good lately, too. He's uh, He's, he's been, been excellent. putting up some highlights. Yeah, he's been real good. Um, and then some other guys. You look at Ronnie Adder, who I don't consider him – uh, capable of being like a true impact NHL defenseman, but like he's shown that he can play. He's played some NHL minutes before. And like, I'm curious to see how he would do in consistent NHL minutes. Um, so I, I would like to see him come up. I could see him come up next year. Maybe, you know, if they do sell somebody or a couple players, who knows? Um, yeah. It'd be cool to see Ronnie Adder come up next season, see what he's got. I mean, you also got Adam Ginning. So, I mean, there are options. There are options for the Flyers to kind of replace people that they trade away. Um, will they be as good? That's the question. They probably wouldn't be. But, I mean, that's kind of the nature of a rebuilding team. The, qu- the, question, here, the question here is like, do you want to... Like, is it worth signing a 29-year-old defenseman to a multi-year contract extension? I guess my I don't have a problem with it just because I feel like the most you'd be signing him for is three years. You would think that, but like at 29, wouldn't you be looking for term? I don't know if he can demand term at this point. Like he's coming off a major injury. This was a bounce back year for him. I I don't know that any team is going to give him term. Like we're we're not talking about, we're not talking about Eric Carlson here. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Not even close. But, like, he is a good – and let, l- l- pay attention to You these. think someone's given him five years? Oh, I, I don't know about five. I could see maybe three or four. I would give him three. I have no problem with three. I don't know. 29 years old is just – I wouldn't it, give it's him It's just than, a little – it's a little too old what, for – What is this, Logan's run? He's going to die next year? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I, I would play a guy in his early 30s. That's fine. It's like – Hey. Once you approach the mid thirties, that's where you really start to hit the danger zone. Thirties, mm, the new sixty nine, Steve. That's what they say. Nice. Um, yeah. No. I, I, listen, I, I I enjoy Sean Walker a lot. He's excellent. He's been excellent for the Flyers. There's no doubt about that. I just question if re-upping him. And I'm, I know you're not suggesting that they should do this. But you're again, you're being devil's advocate here. But I, I also don't have a problem with them doing it, to be honest with you, because I, I like him and I think he's a good part of the team. That's all. I, like, I, I, yeah, I don't have a problem. I think three years ain't a big deal. I think that if you're going to conduct a rebuild the correct way, you want to gain as many assets as possible and y- utilize those assets to gain not only players who can help you right now, but far into the future. And Sean Walker won't help the Flyers far, far, far into the future. That's my standpoint. I mean, I, I guess for me, it depends on how much you're getting for him. You know, if somebody's offering you a first, it's no brainer. Oh, yeah. If somebody's yeah. offering you uh, a couple seconds, sure, I'm in for that. But if you're not so if, quite getting that price and he wants to stick around for a couple years, uh, 
I'm I'm okay with that too. Well, and see, that's where I do agree. Like, look, if the best you're getting for Sean Walker is like a third round pick, then I'd be like, oh, well, screw you. I'm just going to keep this guy. Like, what's the point of it? Like, that's not even worth it. So like, yeah, like if that's the situation, then by all means, keep Sean Walker, maybe sign him for like another year or two. But like, I don't think, like, I don't think the Flyers are in any position to turn down a first or second or, or, you know. Well, a, no, I don't think they're in any position to turn down a first for a lot of the guys on their yeah. roster. Like if some basic the where I stand, if they get a first round pick offer for someone, you you absolutely take that deal. Unless those well, you got players, tears. unless those players are like Sean Couturier, like Travis Konechny, like you trade those players as soon as you can, especially if you get a first or second round pick for them. I would say I would say there's probably a good quarter of the roster that I would need more than just a first rounder for. I mean, well, yeah. So, like, you got Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, obviously Carter Hart, Sam Harrison. Um, uh, what, what do you think about Tippett on there? Tippett, I think, is worth more than a first, I would say. I think so. I think so. Uh, Travis Sanheim, at this point, I think the way Sanheim's playing. Well, I, he has an NMC and, new, and no trade club. Right, so. but you can... Here's the thing. We, we act like they can't be traded. It can be traded. You just have to go up and say, hi, Travis. Do you want to leave? Right. That's all. That's all. It can't be traded. I uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I just I just I'm I talking no about his value. He would I'm want not talk- to waive his no I, trade I, You're taking this too literally. I'm just talking about his value. Yeah. Literally, just talking about his value. I think in that case, the only players who I think would be worth a first right now if looking at the roster top but to cam bottom, york where's cam york fall for you i was gonna say so sean Couture, I'm, I'm just going down the roster right now so sean couturier travis connectney uh owen tippett joel farabee i need a lot more than a first to trade joel farabee i would say joel farabee's around there joel farabee is second on this team in points right now my friend he is a valuable part of this no i agree very young I agree. He's still young, but like I feel like he's still lacking that consistency, and that's something that some GMs are going to be like, "Oh, well, last year he was awful. So what do we? What kind of Joel Farah would be? Are we getting? Like I'm, I'm thinking from the mind of an of an another GM. I ain't giving him up for, especially if it's a competitors uh, or a competitive team's first round pick. That's going to be at the end of the round. Yeah, Screw and I, that. I yeah, I wouldn't either for that. I wouldn't either, and that's the thing. Um. But, like, again, I'm just thinking of, like, what some other GMs might be thinking. Um, so, yeah, Farabee. Throw Farabee in there. Uh, Travis Sanheim. Uh, Sean Walker. I, I do think he's worth a first-round pick, personally. Um, and, yeah, I'd say Cam York, too. Jamie Drysdale. So, yeah, I guess that's maybe Jamie a- Drysdale's a big one. Jamie Drysdale is a, a huge, like, player on this team right now. Yeah. And really, and the, they're the not trading reason- Jamie Drysdale. The thing about Jamie Drysdale is this is the main reason that you can even like think about trading Sean Walker while remaining uh, competitive and even making like winning a playoff round because Drysdale immediately steps into that top role. Yeah. You know, Drysdale is like he is the right side top pairing defenseman for the Flyers for the foreseeable future. And I'll tell you what, we only saw two games of him, but. I was pretty darn impressed with what I saw in those two games. That back check he made in overtime 
against who, what uh, Minnesota, I believe it was Minnesota. Um, he kind of turned the puck over in the offensive zone, raced back, and negated what would have been a breakaway. And then the Flyers turn around and they end up winning the game. And I mean, that was just a huge, huge play by Drysdale. Um, yeah. Defensive play. And that's like when people think of Jamie Drysdale, they think of like a good, like smooth skating, like puck moving defenseman. And for him to make a, pl- a defensive play like that, I think that kind of opened a lot of people's eyes a little bit. So, man. Uh, the, the smooth skating is there. The silky mitts are there. I really like what I've seen. It's a shame that he was sick for the last two games. And uh, but the Flyers did win those last two games, which I'm I'm happy about. But he really does have all the skills as advertised. I am excited to continue watching him this season. And we actually didn't get to talk a little bit more about the Winnipeg game. But I just want to say it was great to see Cam Atkinson really step up yeah. and get a couple goals because he hasn't. He was a guy we talked about potentially being on like the 20 gold club. And, you know, it's not out of the question. He could do that. He's got 10 right now, but it's unlikely, but good to see him pot a couple. And then the other big story I wanted to talk about from the past, what is it? Five games or so is Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett's got four goals in five games right now. What a, what a run for Tipper right there. He's up to 16 on the season. I mean, the Flyers have at least three guys who should hit 20, which is pretty darn nice. I mean, TK's already there. Farabee's got 15 and Tippett's got 16. So that's awesome. And, you know, Tippett's a guy that if the Flyers are going to have a strong second half, they're going to need a lot of offense from this guy. So that's a great start to the second half for Owen Tippett. His goal in St. Louis was disgusting. It was I mean, sick. I love that it. was crazy. That was an unbelievable goal. Um, he's great win in St. Louis for the team. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a good one too. Um, I didn't get to see much of that game, but I did catch the highlights after the game and it, I mean, solid performance there too. Um, but yeah, Owen Tippett, man, like he's one of those players who like, you notice him every single night. Like when he gets his wheels turning, he is a scary player for other teams to be dealing with. Um, when he's on boy, is he on? And we've, t- I think we talked a little bit about him before. I think he just, he, he's hot and cold. Like he, he's a little streaky sometimes. And that's just to be expected with any goal scorer. But goddamn, when he has everything going right for him, he is so, so, so dangerous. And it's, he, no matter, he, even if he's not scoring goals, he's still fun to watch. Like whether he's, he's always creating scoring chances. He's one of the fastest guys on the ice. I think he just, didn't he break that, uh, didn't he set a new record this season for the fastest skater? I believe he did. He? I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. I think he did. I think it was in that overtime against oh, Minnesota. Wow. Um, I believe he's, he set like the fastest miles per hour um, uh, pace of any player in the NHL this season, which is crazy. And like, you can tell, like when you watch Owen Tippett play, he seems just faster than most people that he's skating, skating against. And um, it's just, he, he's such a fun player to watch. If he just puts everything together the right way, if he, like at the right time, God, it'll be so good. So, so he's already good, but like he, he really has the potential to be that kind of like elite power forward. So um, yeah, he's been great. No, he's been awesome. And I, I just have loved this outpouring of offense lately from him. And I just want to see more of it out of him. But you're right. Like, he does a lot of little things right. I mean, every now and then I'll have a boneheaded error, but who doesn't? And 
I I just really enjoy Owen Tippett, and he is one of the the key members of this team right now. He is, yeah, yeah. He's been a lot of fun to watch, and you know, the, the they're going to be leaning on him. You're right; they're going to be leaning on him a lot. The last, you know, this during the this home stretch here. Yeah, but uh, it's going to be interesting. The next four games are all home, and there's some tough opponents in this stretch right here. It starts off with the Dallas stars. Very good team right there. The Dallas stars. And then it's the Colorado avalanche. And I mean, I don't have to tell you about Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, but whew, that's always a rough ride right there. And then Claude Giroux and the Ottawa senators who stink. They're not good. They're bad. They smell bad. Hopefully uh, whatever happens to the flyers in that avalanche game can be shrugged off against the senators. Cause that's a back to back. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Like, <laughs> what would suck is, because the Flyers are on, like, this nice four-game winning streak right now, what would be tough is if they lose to Dallas, and then they lose, like, a close one to Colorado, and then they're just tired on Sunday, and they lose to Ottawa. Like, that would not be fun. That would not be a great response. So, Would uh, not be a fun time at all. And then they've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, who they're pretty mid this year, but they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they are always a team with a lot of high-end offensive talent to fear. They still have Nikita Kucherov. Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> like, you still have Victor Edmond. You still have Kucherov. You still have Braden Point. Like, you still have Stamkos. Like, they're still the Lightning, very much so. Yeah. So, I mean, we keep saying these are stretches where we'll see what kind of team the Flyers truly are. And that was a really impressive road trip just now. But... A tough home homestand right here. Really tough homestand. If they can get like four or six points out of this, I'll be pretty happy because I mean, Colorado is just so, so good. And I mean, Dallas really can kick your ass too. I mean, guys like Robertson over there. I mean, they've really got some great talent. Yeah. Dallas is incredible. I mean, I, I think I, did I pick them to win the cup? I can't remember if I did or not, but I really had them going far myself. I mean, yeah. they've got Ottinger. I know he was hurt for a while, but he's back. Yeah. I mean, they have one of the best players of each position group. I mean, you got Jake Ottinger, who's one of the best goalies in hockey. You got Miro Heiskanen, who's one of the best defensemen in hockey. And then you got Jason Robertson, Ooh. who's just out of, he's crazy. So, um, God, this is the entire this, this homestand is all like uh, regretful missed draft picks right here because you have Heiskanen and you have Makar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have, could have, could have been. Should have. But yeah. Should have draft. We all know it. We all know it. It's honestly tragic about Nolan Patrick. And I, I think that's what made the Cutter Gautier thing just hurt that much more for Flyers fans last week was having gone through everything with Patrick and just that being so shitty and like, when are we going to get ours hockey gods? We are owed Mishkov. We need him to be the stud that he is supposed to be. The mad Russian. He is the, uh, he is the new son of Philadelphia. He'll, he'll be here soon. I hope so. I hope so. This is the way. All right, folks. Well, I could go on talking about trade targets all night, but that's what the coming weeks are for. So be sure to subscribe, listen, rate, review, all that great stuff on whatever pod service you like. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on social media. Sadly, the best place is still Twitter slash X, whatever the hell it is. 
You can reach me at Flyperbole or at SDBomb, but for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Ryan, where can the people reach you on Twitter slash X? Oh, baby. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. And guess what? You can also find me at that exact same handle on the gram and blue sky. Flyperbole on the gram, blue sky, TikTok, all that stuff as well. So go check, 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 check it out. All right, gang, we're going to wrap it up here, but thanks so much for listening. We love and appreciate you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. And this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Be sure to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.